0: Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to talk about a step up in competition. I think it's really important for an athlete's development to take a big step up in competition at certain times, especially if the results dictate that they are ready for it. Now, at times, you'll see athletes use step up in competitions as an excuse, So anytime a student comes to me and asks if they can enter the blue belt division as a white belt and they've never really competed or maybe they've only competed once or twice before that, I always say no. I always say no. Do the division that you are supposed to do. If it's based on experience, do the experience that you're in. If it's based on belt rank, do the belt rank that you are in. But if an athlete's results dictate that they're ready for that next big jump up well it's time for them to experience what better competition feels like and this past weekend a couple of our athletes went out there and competed in some pretty tough divisions one particular nikaya who's been on the podcast before she jumped into a professional under 125 pound tournament in california now, Nakaya is definitely one of the best, best training partners that I have. She is a phenomenal student, and she just learns so quick. Her sky, um, I should say her ceiling is sky high. I really have all the faith in the world that she's going to become a really, really, really good black belt one day. Nakaya is about a year into her purple belt, and she's competed a bunch at purple belts. She's won more money than me and Brandon ever have, even combined, than me and Brandon ever have from competing. I mean, she's won multiple $1,000-plus tournaments. And this tournament she did this past weekend was Submission on the Shore. It was out in California, and the talent was deep. Her first-round matchup was against the number-four-ranked black belt in the world at her weight class heather rafferty from Atos, and i was watching a bunch of heather's matches leading up to this this tournament i didn't want to like scare Nakaya because i I knew a lot about um about this heather rafferty but i didn't want to like you know talk her opponent up too much I really, we and her just talked about how she likes to play on top and how she likes to wrestle and that I think Nikai can use her wrestling to end up in a dominant position. And from there, I want her to try and really wear her opponent out and just get on top, stay on top and try and crush the soul out of this girl but again this girl's number four in the world she finished second at black belt worlds a couple of years ago she lost by advantages to talita allen card it was a really really good match so i knew going in that this was going to be a very very tall task for Nakai. if she can get past heather rafferty then i mean she's ready for her brown belt and really ready to bust out onto the professional female scene Well, they ended up having, you know, this match took place Saturday, and Nakaya did pretty good. But you could tell that Heather was a level or two better than Nakaya. She dictated where the match was taking place, and she ended up finishing Nakaya right around the five-minute mark with a heel hook. And that's one of the big things, you know, when you're looking at the number four-ranked competitor in the world versus a very, very talented purple belt. The very talented purple belt still has some holes, the Black Belt competitor just doesn't. You know, Heather Rafferty is a very complete grappler. And she dominated that tournament. She beat all those girls by submission in regulation and, you know, there's no shame in losing to her, but it was a really, really good experience for Nakia to see what that level's like in competition. Now, it's one thing to go out and train with a world-class competitor. It's another thing entirely to compete against them. And I really think right around that purple belt, if you have an athlete that is competing really well and they've won multiple tournaments, I think it's time to throw them into a match with a world-class black belt with an ADCC caliber black belt. And I want to really again talk today about why it's so important to throw athletes into that fire and when is the proper time. So As I already mentioned, I don't want it to ever be an excuse. I never want an athlete to come back from a loss and say, well, I only lost because my opponent was way better than me. Or "Ah, I don't feel that bad about that loss because I'm a blue belt and my opponent was a purple belt. I always want them to be proud of their performance, win or lose, like just you went out there, be proud of that. But at the same time, there are no excuses for losing. You need to figure out why you lost and you need to work on whatever it is that, whatever mistake it is that you made. And so as a talented white belt, if I had a talented white belt that had won multiple matches or I should say multiple tournaments at white belt, I would just go ahead and promote them to blue belt. I don't think there's any reason to hold back a white belt if they've won two or three tournaments unless they've only been training like two or three months. But even then, I just really think like, look, white belt, don't hold them back. Give them their blue belt. Now, blue belt's when you can really start kind of testing your athletes and really throwing them into higher divisions without a promotion. So if I had a student that had been training for a year and a half. They were a blue belt. They won a couple of different white belt tournaments, and now they'd won one or two blue belt tournaments. I would want them to do an expert division at NAGA or an advanced division at something like uh, you know, a tournament equivalent to NAGA. I'd want to see how they did against you know people that were entering that tournament because – Almost certainly, you're not going to go against a professional level grappler. You're usually going to be going against an amateur, somebody that's training less than five, six days a week. But at the same time, you'll probably get to see a purple or brown belt, and I want to see how they perform against them. Now, if they win an expert division, I would want them to win another expert division before I consider promoting them to purple belt. Now, when we're talking about quick promotions, I really think the only way for quick promotions is tournament success. It doesn't matter how good you're doing in the gym, you need to go out there and compete if you want quick belt promotions. So, anything less than two years, you really should be out there competing. But as I said, Blue Belt, I'm really wanting to throw you into some of those expert divisions. Now, if you're having mixed results at Blue Belt, you're going out there, you're getting a win and a loss. I want you to you know, stay in the the um, the experience level uh, that you're supposed to be in. But once you've won, you know, your intermediate division or your blue belt division once or twice, I want to see you go out there into the expert divisions. Now, purple belts where I think things start to get a, a really fun, especially, you know, you can really know by then an athlete that's talented and somebody that's, you know, you can tell if somebody is on pace to hit their goals and if they have a chance to be a a really successful black belt competitor. Now, I also will say that there have been multiple black belts that haven't had any success in the lower belts until they became black belts. So if you just keep competing, chances are you're going to find success at some point. But I'm really talking about these these special athletes, these, these athletes that come in that need to be challenged. And so a purple belt I really think it's important after a few big purple belt wins, it's really important to throw your talented purple belts into professional brackets. Have them go against, you want them to face elite level black belts. You want them to have that experience. I really think it's so important for good purple belts to get out there and compete. Not just again, not in the training room. I'm talking about go out there and compete against elite level black belts. They need to feel what that, you know, feels like. And honestly, like you can get an upset. There've been plenty of upsets over the years where purple belts have named, uh, made a name for themselves by beating elite level black belts. Now it's rare. It doesn't happen often. But it will really gauge how far and how good that purple belt is. Is that purple belt, like how close are they to the elite level? Especially if at that point the purple belt's goals are still to become like an ADCC champion or they want to be an ADCC or maybe they want to fight in the UFC. You want to give them that exposure to the top talent as quick as possible. Now, you don't want to throw them out there, and honestly, no tournament should take a wider blue belt into you know, an elite-level bracket. But all the time, these professional events are looking for talented purple belts. And it's really the time as a coach to start encouraging your athletes as purple belts to try and get into some of those. They've already, so it's not going to be an excuse if they go out there and lose, that's what was really cool. You know, I talked to Nakai a little bit just over Instagram, and you know, she messaged She was just like, there's a lot of things I need to work on. You know, she didn't care at all about who this Heather Rafferty was. She didn't care at all. All she knows is that she lost and that she made a couple of mistakes, and she's already looking forward to coming back and fixing those mistakes. And That's the attitude you want your athlete to have, but that only comes with plenty of competition experience. But again, if you have a purple belt that's never really competed, they never really had success at the lower ranks, they'll take a match with a black belt or they'll, they'll kind of enter a situation where they're not expected to win and they'll use that as an excuse to, you know, really be proud of their performance regardless if, you know, regardless of how it goes. And there are times I see purple belts use, you know, those experiences as, you know, they're not being honest with how it really went and they never they don't get better from it. Competition should provide you an opportunity to see a weakness, and that weakness should be something that you immediately go back and work on. It's the reason that people get uh, better so much faster from competition is, just one, they're training hard, and they're usually in a training camp for that competition, so focused training leads to obviously quicker results, but it allows you to see a weakness maybe that you wouldn't see. You're training with somebody or I should say you're competing against someone that's never seen your game and they might expose something that you just don't know is there. And so I really liked how Nakaya is handling this loss already. You know, There was some disappointment, but really just a, I'm going to come, I, I know what I need to work on. There's two or three things that I, I need to work on and I'm going to get better from this. And you really, again, want that to be your, um, you know, a purple belt. You want your purple belt competitors to have that mentality. Now, purple belt's kind of the last belt, I think, where you can really still be considered like an amateur. In the sense that, you know, a purple belt isn't a brown and black belt. And so there are a lot of, you know, as I say, you don't want to use it as a crutch. But at the same time, like purple belt results really don't matter. Brown belt results really don't matter. They matter more than purple belt, but black belt is when, you know, as a professional, they really start keeping track of your record. And so you do want your purple belt to go out there and even brown belts to go out there and get failure. You want them to go out there and see what they're going to be facing at black belt. So by the time they're ready for black belt, they're, they're ready for the level of competition that they're, they're, they're going to face whether it's an IBJJF or just at these professional events. And you really want to think about it like boxing. Boxers really come along slowly. If there's a talented boxer, they'll put the right challenge in front of them at the right time. But at the same time, You know, amateur boxing, it doesn't matter. You could lose 100 fights in amateur boxing. You could lose 100 fights in MMA, amateur, and it doesn't count against your record. And you want your athlete to kind of, you know, go out there, try your best. We want you to win. But I want you to also understand that we're really preparing you for black belt. That's when the record really begins. And I think that that's not really said enough. Like, nobody looks at Gordon Ryan's blue belt or purple belt or brown belt record. It's all about what he's done as a black belt. Those are the stats that, you know, every loss he's taken at black belt is permanent. It's on his BJJ Heroes page. But he could have lost a thousand times at blue belt and nobody cares. And there's been plenty of guys that had unsuccessful lower belts. And again, the record doesn't matter, it's what they do at black belt. And so I really think that you should be thinking about as an athlete. Or as a coach, which of your students or are you ready to compete against better opponents? Are you ready for a step up in competition? Have your tournament results dictated that you need to jump up a weight division or you know, try an absolute or do a higher level experience? Or do you need to enter that little pro bracket, that regional pro bracket that's four or five hours away? Or do you need to do something like Nakaya just did where you're flying across to California to face one of the best black belts in the world at your weight class? You need to be thinking about this. There are times that you need need somebody to kick you in the butt and tell you to jump into a competition uh, of those calibers. I really, I would say that that really, I'm very happy with how my competition career panned out. You know, I never competed at a crazy high level, but I did have matches against some really, really good brown and black belts. But at purple belt, I, you know, white and blue belt, I competed in my, uh, in the divisions that I was supposed to. I competed in the belt rank I was supposed to be in, and I competed in the experience that I was supposed to be in. And I won probably 70 or 80 percent of the tournaments that I entered. So I had, a, I had a pretty good run up to purple belt. But at purple belt, I really exploded, and I had a really good purple belt experience competing. And I did a couple of like purple belt invite tournaments, and I did a local tournament, and I won. I like I looked really really good in those first two or three tournaments. And that's when I really decided that I was going to do the ADCC trials in West Virginia. And that ended up being a really important experience for me. I got to go out there. I got to be and kind of rub shoulders with some of the best in the sport. And I had some success, and I had my first match against an elite-level black belt. I was really lucky to get to the quarterfinals and face Enrico Coco, who had been in multiple ADCCs at that point. He's won like three CC trials. He, he's a grappling legend in North America. He, he's really one of uh, one of the best dudes, and I got to have a match with him. And I did some really good things during that match. I ended up getting caught in an inside heel hook, but it really showed me that okay, I can compete. Like I can get some of my techniques off on an elite level black belt. And while he dictated most of the match where it took place, I escaped a couple of submissions. I actually threw a couple of submission threats at him. I believe, I, I shouldn't say I believe, I, I did pop his foot with, with, a, with a leg lock. But from the match that he ended up doing later that day with Eddie Cummings, there's no way in hell he was about to tap to my leg lock. But it was just cool to have some success against a guy like that, but also more importantly to really figure out what I needed to work on. And I did pick up a lot from that match. And from there, I started to compete a little bit more in absolutes. And then I I had some more success. And I was really looking to enter high-level pro tournaments from that. That experience really gave me the confidence to go out there and try and do something like a finisher sub only. And some of those regional professional tournaments. So... That's kind of my experience. Then at Brown Belt, you know, I was only doing professional or super fights at that point. And then at Black Belt, I only have done one professional event. Now, again, I really think that that's a smart way. Like looking back, I think I was really smart how I handled my competitions and I really tested myself at uh, tested myself at the right times, and I'm really lucky that you know Brandon was helping guide me as well. Like I mean, I would always kind of ask Brandon before I did anything, and he would give me the yay or nay. So I don't remember if I ever asked like, "Hey, can I compete up at this tournament?" Um, but I know that's always kind of been Brandon's policy as well, uh, policy as well that you compete in your division or your belt rank until given the green light and given the okay to do otherwise. I hope that helps guys. I hope that gives you some motivation and you know for your athletes or for yourself. Because nothing can really push you and you know push you to train harder and to study and to, to really try and progress faster than getting ready for a really hard challenge. Until next time, guys, I hope you guys have a great Mother's Day. I'm getting ready to cook for my entire family, I'm making a huge spread. I really love cooking. You guys know, though, I'll only be eating meat, but I'm making a bunch of uh, a bunch of different vegetables and some twice-baked potatoes and a pretty big salad. I might try and make a mandarin salad. We'll see. But yeah, until next time, guys, peace.